You're listening to DraftKings Network. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There it is. Oh, my God. Jesus. All those onions. <clears throat> he had so much White Castle. Yeah. Actually, not so much. It just You said it wasn't good, which worries me a yeah. little bit. Oh, man. I'm still belting them up. Yeah, I've White. never seen someone so excited to have White Castle before. They don't have it in Arizona? They have one, but the line is always really, really long. And so I, anytime I'm in Vegas, there's so many White Castles. There. And by the way, Vegas and Arizona are only two in the western United States, like past the Mississippi. So good luck going to California or anywhere like that to get a White Castle. <laughs> You're just not going to find it. Uh, a fool's errand, you might say. And, then, and I'm your fool. Welcome to Oddball, Amino Hassan, Charlotte Wilder comes to us live from the set of a Cialis commercial. We've got a great, great show for you today. Uh, the return of Bold and Spicy. Were you wondering if Joel Embiid's game is more boring than Nikola Jokic's? Or perhaps, is Victor Wembanyama going to be an all-star in his first season? We answer those questions and many, many more on Bold and Spicy. Also, the debut of a segment called Charlotte Wilder's Cyber Creep? Is this right? It's actually Charlotte the Cyber Creep. Charlotte CC, like Magnum uh, PI, but you know, where I'm an investigative reporter, is all I'll say, just as a tease. Charlotte's the Cyber Creep. I don't know what this segment is about. It's a pre taped segment, so I guess I'm going to find out with everybody else. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But before we get started on that, Charlotte, uh, we were having a conversation right before we started recording about like the merits of fandom because our producer Hollywood asked the question, what would it take to you? Oh, excuse me, it was Danny, my bad, it was Danny B who asked the question. <laughs> my boy, he's, he's waving his arms behind the glass here. So the question was, what would it take for you to convert to become a Miami Heat fan? Charlotte Wilder, of course. Uh, native daughter of Massachusetts and the great Northeast. And uh, I guess you're a Celtic fan, a lifelong Celtic fan. What would it take, Charlotte, for you to become a Miami Heat fan? Well, I immediately answered with like the Pavlovian lizard brain fan part of mm. my head, which is I said, nothing, absolutely not, never. And you then say, say what you said when I said that. I said, what has a Celtic fandom done for you? You got one championship in your lifetime with Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce and those guys in 2008. And yes, it was glorious. But other than that, you really haven't experienced a whole lot of 
greatness, right? You've been to the finals twice in that time, right? In your lifetime, you've seen the Celtics go to the finals twice, three times. They won one and they lost the other two to Golden yes. State and to LA a decade or so earlier. So it's just like, what are you getting out of this? Meanwhile, if you're a Miami Heat fan, you've seen three titles. And beyond those, you've seen three more trips to the, uh, to the oh, one, two, three, four, four trips to the finals. So there is a greater frequency of success as a Heat fan than there is a Celtic fan. You know, for me, I don't care. I don't, I don't have favorite teams because I know how the sausage gets made. But I'm trying to understand for you as a fan, Charlotte, what has being a Celtic fan done for you? I think for me, I really started feeling more like a Celtics fan when I left Boston. I live in New York. I love living in New York. I think it's so much more about place and what that place means to you. And like before I came to Meadowlark, I didn't have any connection to Miami. So to me, hearing it's not so much about winning as it is about having that connection to the place. And when I watch the Celtics in TD Garden, I'm like, I know people in there. Like, I'm sure some dumbass I went to high school with is sitting in, you know, box seats because they have a better paying job than I do because they went and worked in insurance. Oh, the White Castle Onions got her too. (laughs) Oh my God. Excuse me. But, you know, there's this sense of this connection that I think obviously fandom is about. But then when you say it like that, it immediately everything starts breaking down and you're like, wait, what have they done for me? What have they done for me? Even though I do think that it's very exciting to root for a team that is constantly in the mix. And there's something very romantic about sports heartbreak where you're just like, oh, my God, you know, they keep getting to the Eastern Conference finals. They made it to the finals. Like, is this going to be the year they keep you on? They keep you on. uh dangling the carrot in front of you as a reward for it. Like if you stick with us, then maybe someday this is going to reward you. And I think that's almost more enticing as a fan than being like, here are a million championships, which also happened. I'll I'll take it a step further. You mentioned a million championships for the Celtics. Most of those million championships happened in a bygone era where there were eight teams in the league and, you know, segregation made it so half those teams didn't even want black players. The reason why Bill Russell is a Celtic is because St. Louis didn't want a black player. And he, to his credit, didn't want to play in St. Louis either. So there's a lot of romanticization of the Celtics organization in general. Like I was, Zach Harper and I, we always talk about this, like in football, they recognize NFL championships. They recognize the contributions of Hall of Famers and all-time greats like Jim Brown, right? But when we talk about NFL history, it really starts with Super Bowl One after the AFL-NFL merger. And those are the, the titles that people care about. How many Super Bowls have you won? Not how many championships. How many Super Bowls have you won? And we kind of feel like the same should be true in basketball. The, the NBA in the 70s was the inferior, from a talent standpoint, league. The ABA had the better players. And so when they came over, they brought over not only their talent, but also their style of play, their rules. Think about that. The three-point line, that is an invention of the ABA. If I showed you an ABA basketball game from 1974 and an NBA basketball game from 1974, and I said, which one of these more closely resembles the way we play right now? You'd pick the ABA. The NBA looks quaint and archaic, and the ABA looks like that. looks like how people play right now. And so... Why do we then devalue everything that the ABA has done? We don't count ABA titles. We don't even count ABA statistics. Larry Brown should have been the winningest coach for quite a while 
except for the fact that they didn't count his ABA victories. Same thing with the statistics for guys like Dr. J and Dan Issel. Same thing with, you know, the titles, obviously, that those teams have won, like Indiana. All those things got put in mothballs and sent away, even though we recognize them to be the superior product from that era. So when you tell me the Celtics have won 17 world titles, right? Well, four of them actually happened after the merger. Three with Bird and the one with KG, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen. So why am I counting all of these and waiting on the same as the championships that are happening in an era where not only the best players are all in one league, but also statistics like blocks and steals and offensive rebounds are being tracked in a way that wasn't tracked when they won those games and won those championships all that long ago. So, Charlotte, I repeat back to you, what has Celtic fandom done for you other than cheering for ghosts in, a, in, in the rafters? Well, I do think that, I mean, so much of what I've done in my career is talk to people about why they're fans because it's an objectively insane thing to be. Like, to care about sports is to care about something that you have absolutely no control over, but it's a safe space to feel emotions. Um, I think that it is also less confusing way to feel emotions because you know exactly what is causing what. And I think a lot of people don't always know where their feelings are coming from. And sports is a very clear way to do that. Um, but my question, I guess with the with the ABA, NBA, it feels like branding, right? I mean, like they need they need the Celtics to be one of the powerhouses so that you can then tell the story every time they play the Lakers about these two great franchises coming up against each other. And it serves a greater purpose to build these myths. And then when you stop and think about it and break it down, you're like, oh my God, it really only was four in the, in the league that we see as what the NBA is today. Um, It just, it, it skews the entire story. And then every, you know, every broadcast outlet is going to have to redo all their lower thirds. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really, it's about saving resources in the graphics department. No, man, it's, it's about perpetuating this myth that the game was always the game here. And, and the reality is, it's like, that's just not true, man. You look at the first All-Star game post-NBA, ABA merger, and it's like, a lot of ABA names on this list for an inferior league that should not have its statistics or its accomplishments recognized historically. It's, it's, and it's, to me, it's kind of insane. I've talked to a lot of old-time players. I talked to George Gervin. I talked to Rick Barry about this, guys that played in the ABA and the NBA, and they feel the same way. They feel like their legacies in some way, like, hidden or cast away to, like, to the, uh, what's the thing from Superman? Hollywood, Superman. Remember, like Super- the, when they put Zod and them in the the Forbidden Zone? Is that what it was called? Look, you don't know anything. Look, this, this is supposed to be like my pop culture. Danny, Danny, you know this. Danny's a, a should have gone to Danny first. Danny, was it the the what the neutral zone, the Phantom Zone, right? They got the Phantom their, Zone. They got their stuff thrown into the Phantom Zone. A little flat disc that flies around in space, and they're all like, ah. But the reality is. Like, that stuff was more impactful to the game today than the stuff Havlicek and Sam Jones and those guys. I'm not disrespecting those guys' legacy either. I'm not saying erase them from their history books, but I'm saying, like, we can't hollow, hallow their accomplishments while simultaneously shallowing, hallow and shallow, right? Mm. Okay, Lady Gaga. 
I think that what we should do, I mean, I think that we should go on a on a crusade to bring back respect for the ABA. I'm going to find as much old ABA merch as I can. Obviously, expense it. I'm going to go on eBay. I'm going to have a great time doing this. We're going to be we're going to be a ABA. Put some respect on the ABA's name Absolutely. podcast. I've been show. trying to find some authentic vintage San Diego conquistadors merch. I want some shirts. I want I need some Anaheim Amigos. I need some Memphis Tams. I don't don't look. No disrespect to Spurs and Nets and Pacers and Rockets, the four ABA teams that did make the jump, right? But I need like the the spirit of St. Louis. I need the Kentucky Colonels, the Virginia Squires. I want some real ABA stuff. So if you're watching this and you have access to vintage ABA merchandise, even if it's a reprod, I just don't want something that looks like a modern T-shirt. I want something that looks like what the fans back then wore. I will happily wear those. So to answer the question, Danny B, I don't know what it'll take to make Charlotte and I Miami Heat fans. There's nothing in the world that's going to make me a fan of any team in the NBA. But you give me some ABA ones, I will rock out with my you-know-what out right there on the beach. (laughs) Jesus Christ. All right. So we're going to watch Charlotte be a creep. What's it called, Charlotte? It's called, come on, I mean, Charlotte the Cyber Creep. Charlotte, Charlotte the Cyber, CC. Charlotte CC. Charlotte the Cyber Creep. I, uh, whatever. We'll do that, I guess, when we come back on Oddball. Have you ever wondered if Chet Holmgren might be a descendant of Abraham Lincoln? Or if a UFC fighter could beat an alien in a fight? You might have not, and that's okay. But Shea Serrano and Jason Concepcion from the Six Trophies podcast have. If you love basketball and more importantly, if you love fun, you've got to listen to Six Trophies, where Shea and Jason serve up the biggest moments from around the NBA with their brand of unbridled joy, banter and pop culture side quests. Each week, they hand out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities, stuff like. The Denzel Washington in Training Day trophy, given out to the player or team having the best week around the NBA. Or the Lauren Hill you might win some dot dot dot, but you just lost one trophy for the team or player that just can't get it together. Plus a bunch more trophies for all the good, bad or just plain head scratching moments around the NBA. This playoff season, you'll want to make six trophies your go to companion podcast. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. You guys think the Timberwolves can beat the Nuggets? Anthony Edwards is plus 1,300 to win Finals MVP. Wow, that's putting the cart before the horse. And if your team isn't in the playoffs, you can wager on who's going to win in the draft lottery on May 12th. And if you're new to DraftKings, you've got to check this out. New customers bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use code ODDBALL. That's code O-D-D-B-A-L-L. For new customers to get 150 smackaroos in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Oddball. Um, Charlotte, is there, what is this that we're going to watch? Uh, you know, it's one of those things that I'm not sure I entirely have the language to describe, but I'm obsessed with NBA gossip. I mean, you know, this league, am I right? And, uh, this is my, this is my safe space. This is, this is where I can investigate all the things that everyone else, you know, maybe is above or just doesn't have the, uh, Guts to admit that they really care that much about gossip. So we're going to do a little investigating. Okay, I guess I wasn't specific enough. What are you actually doing in this oh. video? What are you investigating? You say, I'm an investigator. <laughs> I'm, investigating, I'm investigating whether James Harden was invited to Joel Embiid's wedding and didn't go, or whether he simply snubbed the wedding altogether. Are we sure he didn't go to the wedding? Yes. Well, watch the thing. All right, watch the thing. Roll it. Hey, didn't see you there. I'm Charlotte CC. CC stands for cyber creep in my line of work. I'm the person you call when you're trying to figure out the latest NBA gossip and you're either too embarrassed or don't possess the skill set to do it yourself. Usually it's the latter. Today, we're going to be investigating why James Harden wasn't at his Philadelphia 76ers teammate Joel Embiid's wedding. Instead of celebrating Embiid, Harden spent the night eating burgers with Bun B and hanging out with the rapper Lil Baby. There are two possible scenarios here. Either Harden decided not to go, or Harden wasn't invited in the first place. I'm not seeing anyone talk about the possibility that Harden wasn't wanted there. This is a huge deal, because if Harden snubbed Embiid, it might be a tactic to force Philadelphia to trade him to the Clippers, which is what Harden wants. But the Sixers will only do it if they're guaranteed to get good value in return. So if Harden is stuck on the Sixers with Embiid next year, and he chose not to go to his teammate's wedding, well, there wouldn't even be a process to trust. If someone skipped my wedding to eat burgers with Bun B, well, actually, I might understand. But I'm not an NBA player. So let's see if I can find out. To begin my investigation, I grabbed my trusty magnifying glass. Then I googled Embiid wedding. The headlines that came up were MVP hips? Embiid goes overboard at wedding and ends up on the floor. I don't click it. I'm not interested in dancing. I'm interested in drama. Plus, I already saw the video. The second one that comes up is Sixers fans are upset. James Harden rather eat burgers with Bun B than go to Joel Embiid's wedding. I clicked it. There was a video of exactly that. And it came from James Harden's own Instagram story. He posted it. That's very ballsy. It's shade to Embiid either way. They were recently at Michael Rubin's white party together, and Harden posted photos of it on July 4th. Before that, Harden posted photos of him hugging Embiid when Embiid won MVP. 
But on July 9th, Embiid said to Rachel Nichols that he and Harden, quote, are going to be boys forever. I want him to come back, obviously, so we can go out and accomplish what we want, which is to win a championship. So hopefully his mindset can be changed. Fast forward a few weeks and the two buddies are not celebrating the wedding together while a lot of Embiid's other teammates are. I decided to go right to the source. I DM'd Harden himself. He did not answer. I also found some evidence that PJ Tucker was out with Harden instead of going to Embiid's wedding, so I decided to see if he could shed any light on the situation. He also did not respond. So far, the only thing I've discovered is that I'm pretty sure Embiid's wedding was at Michael Rubin's house. Not sure I've seen that reported anywhere, but I stalked enough pictures of the white party to know what Michael Rubin's Hamptons house looks like, and it appears to be the same structure where Embiid's guests posted wedding photos. The only thing Harden himself has said is to comment, quote, slow news day on one of ESPN's posts about how Harden didn't go to Embiid's wedding. Folks, this was a bad topic to choose to introduce you to Charlotte CC because I found out literally nothing. But hey, if you set the bar low, only place to go is up. What the f*** was that? It was journalism, I mean, you wouldn't understand. What part of, why'd you go to a liquor store? What were they Because I wanted to see if she knew what, if anybody could shed any light on the situation. The name of the segment is Charlotte Cyber Creep? Cyber. You use you know, a computer for that. You don't need to go out in the streets asking, harassing people, stopping people on the street, going into bodegas. None of that accomplished anything. And by the way, you didn't find out anything. Your biggest journalistic move was to DM the guy and say, hey, were you invited to the wedding? Yeah. Did anyone else do that? No. I'm out here pounding the pavement. Look, I mean, the best cyber creeps use every tool in their arsenal. And I wasn't about to let any of this go uncovered. Even though I uncovered nothing, there's always next time on Charlotte CC. Charlotte, it's time to play another round of bold or spicy i was actually just checking this yet or not and uh, well and i can't see it on our on the the what do you call that thing yeah it's the called monitor? A television the yes. television uh, vegas is starting to get to charlotte uh so this is the game where our producers write statements that are neither bold nor spicy and we rank them that's what we're yes, doing we, now, right? we rate them from one to ten on the whatever you call it the scoville the, scale well it's not the scoville scale because that's not how it works but what do you mean scoville oh scale is like 17 million yeah, yeah, units yeah. or whatever 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 whatever, whatever. Uh, details that you didn't need to know how to for this game uh well said uh <laughs> what Charlotte. is it the the pink cards are spicy and these are bold they're all the same i swear to god well, if you could shovel them, you wouldn't know i mean uh, okay from a pink card which i guess it's brought bold, to you by old bay We've seen the best of Kevin Durant already. We've seen the best uh, of Kevin Durant already. I don't think that's super spicy. That's a zero. Yeah. That's a zero. We've also seen the best of Brigitte Bardot already. You keep bringing her up today. They don't know that. Now they do. And also the multiverse doesn't work like that. Well, sort of does. Uh, a bold one. Brought to you by... I think I've used all the spicy references. Because there's nothing bold. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, well, no, there are bold Cool Ranch Doritos. Uh, we'll never see a star, Hall of Fame level player, stay on one team their whole career again. 
Mm. Oh, is this a decent card? I think it's, uh, yes. Uh, I think that it's, that does have a little bit of kick to it. Yeah, I do Here's too. Here's why. Think about Jokic. Yep. He's won a championship. He seems to be happy in Denver. Um, and, you know, he's been there. Giannis is another one. Mm -hmm. He's been there since 2013 in Milwaukee. He's won a championship. He's doubled down and stayed. Yep. Uh, who else are some guys that have an opportunity? Jason Tatum? Jason Potentially? Tatum. I don't want to be the one that tells her, but okay. What? Um, well, this is the multiverse, so I have actually been to a future. Not the no, future, no. but a future. No. Where Jason Tatum uh, demands a trade. No. Yep. Ah, Ends up a Laker. Damn it. What? Yeah. That's not... Uh, but... I can still change the course of history. There you go. Just find the spot, I guess. Uh, Steph Curry is mm -hmm. another one. Yep. Hall of Famer. Yep. Uh, Golden State. They keep building around him, and he keeps signing new deals. So, yeah. So I think, yeah, that, that's it. You know what? Yeah. Seven. Wow. Seven on the spicy meter. Seven on the spicy meter. All right. Let's okay. go. Next one. Yep. Embiid's game is actually more boring than Jokic's. This guy, this one has kick. a little bit of kick. That's got oh, kick to okay. it. Yeah. These cards are a little spicier than we're used to. I'm not. I mad, I'm not mad. At I'm it, not though. either. I kind of feel. I you know, of, here's the. Here's I the think it's part. spicy, but I also think it's sort of palatable. Yeah, like you know. Like I might eat it. Like if you get like you know sometimes you go to some places. <laughs> And they call them hot wings, mm -hmm. but all it is is doused in buffalo sauce. Yes, and you're like Frank's Red Hot, and you're like, I can totally handle this. Yeah, and then other times, they're like, oh, this is our mild. You know, like Thai restaurants are great for this. It's like, yeah. hey, how spicy do you want it? And you say, I'll oh, give me a two, and it's like... Steam coming, yeah, steam out, your coming ears. out my ears, yeah. and I'm sweating and stuff. Um, I'm going to give this one a four and a half. Okay. That's spicier because, than they've been in the past. Here's the, th here's the thing about Embiid's game. Yep. It is a lot of mid-range and a lot of jump shots. Yeah. And a lot of like, uh, I mean, dude, you could be doing so much more. You're always begging Embiid to get down on the block to do this, do that. Right. Jokic, you're not really begging him to do that. Also, the passing is really, I was going to really say, fun. Jokic is passing. It's like watching uh, a dealer with five arms deal blackjack. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't feel that way about Embiid, so... Uh, reminds me of the scene in Men in Black 2. Yes. Where the guy in the mailroom is, he's got like Throwing cards into also the probably Monsters Inc. Monsters Inc. Too. I think there there's go. a monster with a lot of arms. All right, yeah. Randall. Sounds right. No, wait, no. Randall is the Randall's the jerk. Yeah, but he also has a lot. No, of arms. A, he has a lot of feet. Those are little feet that he has. No, they have go. Have you watched Monsters <laughs> he Inc. recently? No, you haven't. Yes, I have. When? Two weeks ago. It's the liar. It's the multiverse. <laughs> I did watch a YouTube clip of Randall though. There you go. He does go. He he's transparent. How much time do we have left? Jesus. Uh, Wembenyama will make the all-star team this year. This is, again, I don't. This is interesting, right? Because on the one hand, yes. I can see him becoming wildly popular. Just, I, I mean. You like. Like, people, when he walks into right. an arena, people gasp. People right. gasp when they see him. And when he plays like he did the second game at mm -hmm. Summer League. It is truly something breathtaking, like yes. something you've never seen before. Having said that, the way the All-Star voting works now, it's not just the fan vote. Right. Fan vote accounts for 50% of the rating. Yep. And then the player vote is 25%. The media vote is 25%. Mm -hmm. The players are notorious haters. They don't want they, the fun. No, they don't no want... Kid, no, it's not yeah. even the fun. Like, ain't no kid going to come in here and 
get more votes than, say, Nikola Jokic, right. who's a center in the West. Yeah. When you talk about front court in the West, mm -hmm. you've got Jokic, you've got Sabonis, you've got, hell, you've got DeAndre Ayton. I don't know if Vets players, you know, 450 players are going to vote for not only a rookie, yeah. but an international rookie. So it's not like some guy I played oh. AAU with. I respect him. I really like him. He deserves to be there. Right. This is like just out, out, off of the reservation pretty much. Also, the media people. Oh, I know better than anybody. And actually, according to the nine vets analytics, uh, the person who should be starting at center is Kevon Looney for the Western Conference. So okay, right. you got all this that kind of says he doesn't have enough. So I'm going to say him making the All-Star game this year, 10 out of 10 on the spice. Ooh. Because there's no chance it happens. All right. Well, folks, it's been another episode segment. I'm not going to thank you for watching this. I am. Because God bless your heart. <laughs> Thanks for watching Oddball. I think I have a little spittle coming down the corner of my mouth. You definitely do. Yeah. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.